Episode 251 of the PJ Archive is the first of many interviews I've enjoyed doing with the British-American actress and comedian Carol Cleveland, who will always be most associated with Monty Python. RADA-trained Carol was in 30 of the 45 episodes of the hugely popular Monty Python's Flying Circus television series, and in all four of their films, earning her the nickname The Seventh Python. Voted the third most beautiful entertainer of 1972, former Playboy Bunny Carol appeared in many other movies and teleshows too. And indeed, she was busy with many projects when this interview took place at her home in Sussex in late 2013 following news that the Monty Python team would be reuniting for a series of live shows at London's O2 Arena the following July. I'm greatly looking forward to it, obviously. Very exciting. It will be 33 years. In fact, it'll probably be coming up for 34 by the time I get around to doing the show. When I got the phone call from Eric, I was just finishing up my art class and I got this call. hadn't spoken to her from Eric since we... Well, not since we appeared, what was it, three years ago now, three and a half years ago, at the Royal Albert Hall for the Not the Messiah, mm. the very naughty boy. So I hadn't spoken to Eric since then, so I thought, oh my goodness, you know, what's this about? What have I, what have I done wrong? <laughs> and he told me, yes, but, and, and when he said we're all getting together, I was a bit surprised because, of course, we didn't have John with us at the Royal Albert Hall, and we didn't have John with us seven, eight years earlier when we were at the Royal Albert Hall for the George Harrison Tribute concert yes. either. So I said, what, everybody? Like John too? And he said, yes, John too. I said, well, fantastic. Well, that's, that's great. I was disappointed, and I think it's a great shame that Neil Innes is not going to be joining us. I think it's rather sad because, um, and particularly for me personally, because it does mean that my, I think my, the highlight for me in when we did the show, um, my star turn was doing a tap dance with Neil Innes playing Ivan Erba's Spaceman. Oh, yes. Ivan Erba's Space. He was singing that, and I was doing this, this terrible tap dance, yeah. ending up with doing a cartwheel into the splits. And at the end of the number, when I, I have to be dragged off, and I'm, I, I won't get off the stage, so a giant, I'm next to the curtain, and a giant hammer yeah. comes down and just, kills me, squashes me dead. So that was my big yeah. turn, you know. And so I won't be doing that. And also another number I did with Neil, and I was his backing singers. There were three of us, but in fact, of course, it was only me and two life-size dummies, which I had my hands in. So the three of us were doing the ooh-wah-wahs, ooh-wah-wahs. So, of course, I, had, I was able to dance and to sing, which I won't be doing in this Why show. Why isn't he doing this show? Well, probably you should ask Eric. But I think they did have a falling out, oh, okay. which is a shame because, you know, I think it'd be lovely if Neil were with us. Yeah. And I say especially for me, because now I've lost my, <laughs> I've lost my star yeah. turn. So when you say which 33, it's been 33 years. That since seems... we last did this stage show, okay. this production, production, because we toured, we, uh, well, we first of all toured uh, around England with it, a short tour, I think it was three weeks. And then later on that same year, we toured Canada from one end to the other. And then we did it at the New York City Center in New York. I think it was three weeks we were there. And then finally at the Hollywood Bowl for four nights. 
and it just got. It's basically the same show. So like greatest hits. It's the basic same show with all the favourites that everybody obviously want to see, except unfortunately, City Walks. City Walks sketch won't be in because John has had two hip, you know, replacements. I believe he had hip problems and can't do that walk anymore. And again, I'm personally sorry because I was in that sketch, and um, I was able to do a City Walk. So I've lost my tap dance, my my singing backups, you know, yeah. and my city walk, all all the stuff that I did, which was physically silly and yeah. funny, and I don't think I have anything like that in the show now, unfortunately, nothing that's physical, you know. They do the lumberjack song, won't they? And you're very much. Oh yes, but I don't do anything funny. No. I have a funny line. It is great. But but these were all movement yeah, things, sure. you know. I mean, tap dancing sure. and and doing silly walks and. Yeah. And sadly, I, I don't have anything like that now. I'm going to ask Eric if, if there's any chance he could squeeze in somewhere where I can actually do something physically mm. funny. But basically, it's the same. It's, it's the old favourites that everyone wants to see, some which will have to be updated. And then I believe there is some new material, which I think that they were still writing the, the new bits. No. And there's a couple, of, a couple of bits that have been done on television but not on stage. Like, for instance the uh, Spanish Inquisition, right. which we haven't been done on stage, but we will be doing that on stage, okay. so that's nice. And there's a, another sketch, of course, we don't have Graham. I mean, I should have said straight away, yeah. I mentioned that it's a sadness not to have Neil, but of course, primarily, no, yeah. it's a sadness we won't have Graham. Yes. I mean, that's the big sadness. Mm-hmm. And that's why I never thought that we would do the show again. I mean, John said years ago, that we'd never do anything together again mm. because it wouldn't be a full team without Graham. So uh, he's obviously changed his mind now. Mm. But yes, sadly missing will be Graham. So it's two members of mm. the original show that are down. Do you think it will be just this stage show for a month, or whatever it's going to be? Or do you think they'll do a TV or they'll do a film? Well, it's, it's ten shows now. Ten There's shows. five shows, and then I believe we have a nine day gap because something else was already booked in okay. and then we do another five shows and I'm afraid that it looks like we're not going to be doing a world tour afterwards there was talk of it was. I yeah. know Eric was very keen John was very keen but I think that Michael it has to be a full contingency obviously and I believe Michael has another job commitment. another commitment Mm. So obviously, unless something changes, um, sadly, we won't be doing, which, I, which I'm very disappointed about because uh, it would have been wonderful. We were talking about going back to the Hollywood Bowl right. and going to the Sydney Opera House. But no, it, it, you know, it has to be all of them or nothing. So hopefully, you know, maybe things will change. Maybe Michael can change things around. But uh, Or you could do it at a later date. Because I think later will be too late. Yeah. I think, I mean, we're all in our 70s now. Even ten shows might be mm. pushing it a bit when we're in our 70s. Well, this is but, what surprised uh, me that they're just doing a stage show. It would be a lot easier for you all if it was something filmed and you could put it away, edit it, and it's all done. Yeah. Whereas it's hard work doing stage. It work, is, yeah. it is. Well, it will, be, it will be filmed. I think there's talk of a documentary and definitely DVDs. Yes. So those people who haven't been able to get <clears> tickets, and there's a lot of people that haven't been able to, Mainly because, it, it, well, you know, the, the cheaper prices sold out literally within seconds, not yes. minutes. And the seats that are available now, and I think this is terrible, that the touts 
you know, that you go online now and and tickets that should have only been 30 quid and more like 300 or... Somebody said, told me that they're even up in the thousand mark, some of the tickets now. And that, of course, is why it sold out within 43 seconds. Yeah. And now they're charging this... I think it's terrible that they haven't done something about this. They haven't been able to stop it happening because all the real, real avid Python fans they're unable to come because they can't afford those prices. They missed out on the cheap ones because it went so quickly, and now they can't afford it. Mm. And I have even members of my own family <coughs> and my close friends and associates, they aren't able to come and see the show because mm. of these ridiculously high prices for the tickets now. And this isn't the Python, you know, I'm sure the pi all the guys, I'm sure, must feel the same way about mm. this. Because the original prices started at 27.50 up to the most expensive, which was probably for a box, was 95. And now, you know, I don't know if you can even get those cheap mm. seats at all. It's not right. Not fair. Have you got together with the guys since the press launch? No. So when is the plan to start rehearsing? Well, um, as far as I know, we only have 10 days rehearsal. <laughs> I know people are amazed when I say, what are you doing this giant show? But it's because it's mainly the material we've done before. Yeah. So, and every, everybody would know the lines by the time when, when we start. The big addition, you know, so all right, we don't have Graham, we don't have Eric, but what we <coughs> do have is Arlene Phillips' choreography, and I think it's 20 dances. So there's going to be, I think, two big show numbers, okay. song and dance numbers. You'd enjoy that, okay. Well, I don't know that I'm going to be in them. Okay. It's another thing I thought I might sort of say to Eric, look, you know, I can't dance the way I used to, mm. but it would be nubby if I could be... <laughs> that might make up for me not being able to do my tap dance. But at the moment, it's two big numbers that she choreographing. Mm. So that's the big thing. If we're going to do it in a, in a big, big venue like that, then it has to be a bigger show. Mm than just coming on and doing, sitting down doing sketches, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be more of a spectacular with lots of loud music and flashing lights and mm. things. <laughs> I hope you don't mind me asking you this, but there's been lots of press reports that everybody's getting a million pounds each. Not me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. I, I have so many friends and, and people say, whoa, Carol, so what? You're going to gonna move from Shoreham now and get a bigger house? Are you going to do this? And I'm saying, listen, You've got the wrong idea, I'm afraid. Uh, I'm happy with what I'm what I'm getting, my fee, but it's nothing like uh, what the guys are getting, I'm sure. I wouldn't expect them. But how lovely it would be, but no, mm. it's not going to make me a millionaire, unfortunately. Mm. But your agent's already sorted all that out. It's been not? done, yeah, yes, yeah. it's been done. No matter how many shows you get to do. Uh, well, it's been done for ten shows. Right, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. At first, there was it was five shows, and then of course it became ten, so we mm. had to renegotiate. But uh, no, I mean I'm happy with my with what, but uh, I'll be able to buy a new car, which I desperately need, so that's all right. right. <laughs> that's your plan, is it? Your reward <laughs> yes, to yourself. Yes, yes, that's my reward. Well, it so happens that my MOT is due in February, and uh, they told me <laughs> at the garage. <laughs> I was very lucky it passed its last one. And they told me at the garage that uh, they said, well, run it up to the MOT and then scrap it. <laughs> it's a little, it's out there, it's a, it's a Hyundai. And what are you going to get yourself? I don't know yet, but I better start thinking about it soon.
the people often refer to you as the seventh python. I mean, yeah. is that a title you're comfortable oh, with? Oh, yes, I'm very I'm happy. I mean, obviously, it's unofficial. Yes. Um, there's no way I would call myself, let's say, you know, I mean, yes, I'm referred to as the seventh python, but that is uh, unofficial. And, and I'm delighted to be the seventh python. I mean, in the early days when we were <coughs> doing it, I was simply called the python girl, you know, and then eventually it became the sort of seventh python. And, and uh, mind you, there was a bit of a toss-up between Neil Innes and myself about who was the seventh python, because he's also been referred to as the seventh python. Yeah. So we sorted this out one day, I don't know how many years ago now, when we were doing um, the Monty Python box set. Yes. Neil and I were doing a little <coughs> bit of promotional stuff for it, radio promotion. It was just the two of us talking to various radio stations around the country, and uh, somebody did ask. One of the radio presenters asked that question, said, now, Carol, I understand that you know, you've been referred to the Seven Python, but then Neil Innes, I'm, you know, you're also there. So we were able to sort it out on air. Uh, and I said, well, I said, yes, I, I think, well, I think this is a very good time to discuss this. Uh, Neil, I really do feel I'm the Seventh Python. And he said, Carol, well, you know what? I think you are too. Uh, so I relinquish any... <laughs> and yes. <laughs> you know, so he was a real gentleman yeah. and, and, and acknowledged that I am the Seventh Python. <laughs> you said earlier that some of the sketches will have to be updated for this, uh, to make it a bit more politically correct. Well, maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. But then the Pythons had never been politically correct. I don't think they'd uh, be too concerned about that. <laughs> yes, I suppose it, it could be. I mean, let's face it, when we first did Python, they did get away with with a lot of stuff mm. that even at the time, you know, the reason being is that the BBC gave them completely free reign mm. to write whatever they liked. They just in the 70s, you could get away with it. And you could, and you could, but it was innovative. It, it was mm. a bit daring and ahead of its time. But the BBC, you see, just trusted them. Mm. It just completely trust them, said, write whatever you like. What do they say? As long as it's in the realm of common law, mm. you know. So, of course, they started writing things, and, and then and they, we did get the occasional letters in the early mm. days from viewers about, you know, various things. Complaining. Yes, a yeah. few complaints, um, some on religious grounds, some on um, moral mm. grounds. Some, mm. Oh, and somebody was very upset, uh, some remarks Graham had made. I watched last night the marriage guidance sketch. Yes. Where Eric takes you behind the curtain and, yes, the, and giggles. Yeah, 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 and he goes out the room. Uh, Michael Palin's character. That sits quite uncomfortably in today's sort of PC world. Do I you mean, reckon? I personally, I don't. Do you reckon just giggling behind the? Uh, yeah, I know, but it's just you know the guy taking his trousers off. He's going to take this married woman. Well, on. yes, you see, I hadn't thought about that, but yeah. I suppose you're right. Yeah. Yes, yes. You see, personally, I don't. I think it's all fun. And it's, but you're right. But, there probably yeah. are a lot of things yeah. that, uh, yes, PC-wise. Did right you there. ever? I think I've gone over the top with the whole PC thing myself. Yes, but, I uh, agree with you. Did you ever object to any of the things they asked you to do? Did you ever say, oh, no, no, that's going too far? Only once. Only once. Early days, when we were just doing the first series, and we uh, were outside doing all the location stuff before we actually got into into the studio. And it was the uh, Attila the Hun. Oh, sorry, not Attila the Hun. Um, I love doing that sketch. It was the Scott of the Sahara sketch, which obviously was, you know, the take-off of the Scotland and Antarctica, which we filmed in Devon, where uh, Fawlty Towers was... um, Oh, Torquay. Torquay. So we filmed in Torquay, the beach, because that's when we were staying in the hotel with Mm -hmm. old Fawlty Towers. 
Oh, you met the man? Oh, yes, yeah, so yeah. I was there, yes. So we were filming it there, and it was quite a lengthy sketch. And Of course, masses of people, I mean, just onlookers on the yeah. beach, gathering, you know, lots of people. And I, was, I play vanilla whore, and I'm wearing a white lacy dress with a white fur coat and a white fur hat. And there's a scene which is done in slow motion where I'm being chased by a man-eating roll-top desk. And as I'm chased along, suddenly a, a cactus appears. Oh, yes, or is it a cacti? Cacti, cacti. Yeah. Out of the blue, there's cacti. And as I'm running past it, my coat gets caught on the ca And so off comes the coat. And then I'm running, running, running to it. And then I pass another cacti. And this time it catches my lacy dress. And off comes my dress. So I'm now in my white underwear and still have my white fur hat on. And then there's the third cactus, and this one is where my bra comes up. Well, I was meant to be running, as I was with the other two shots, towards mm -hmm. the camera. And this was the one time, because there was all these people, and it was early days, I, I you know, I, we hadn't even got in the studio yet. And there were all these people, and so I said, I, I don't mind the bra coming off, but I don't want to do it running towards the camera. Okay. <laughs> so when you see the shot, it's actually in this shot, I'm running away from the camera. Mm -hmm. And that was the only time, the only time. Mm. I mean, I suppose if, we, if they'd asked me later on, maybe by the second series, there's, I might have been brave enough them to say, okay, yes, let's do it, you yeah. know. But uh, no, but otherwise, I did whatever they asked me to do, yeah. I know in your very early career, you, you were a Playboy bunny, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever do like a spread for Playboy? No, I was you? asked to. Right. I was, I was actually offered, a, I could have been a Playboy centerfold. When you were working for them, or when you were a Python star? No, the, oh no, that was before Python, obviously. Right. It was when I was, when I was working at the Playboy Club, which right, I did okay. for six months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was prior to Python, at the Playboy Club. What was, do you have to do? Yes. The, well, I was a cocktail waitress. There were three jobs. You were either a cocktail waitress or a croupier, or you had or there was a VIP room where you were serving food. So I was a cocktail waitress, mm. which most of the bunnies were, which is uh, serving drinks in the various different parts of the building. It was very tiring work. It wasn't as glamorous as I thought it was going to be. Right. We had to wear these excruciatingly tight costumes, these yes. corsets, which you could hardly breathe. Very high heels. Well, actually, nothing like the high heels <laughs> the girls are wearing now. Yeah. Uh, probably about half that high. But at the time, they were quite high. And, and of course, pointy shoes, pointy toes. So uncomfortable. And we could never sit down. We could never actually sit. We, we could only perch. It was a fill-in job. You know, they had lots of actresses and models mm. and dancers and singers, you know. And the nice thing about it was, if I got a job, I mm. could go off and do the job. So it was ideal fill-in work for, you know, models and actresses and whatever. But I was asked then, I was called into the Bunny Mother's office and asked to, yes, if I'd be a, a centre. And what, what would you say? Again, you see, I regret now that I said no, because it would be nice now, be nice now to look back and think I was a Playboy Central. Because looking up at the photographs, I mean, compared to what they have in magazines yes. now, very tame. Yes. I mean, it was all softened, and, and you, of course, you always wore a bikini bottom. Mm -hmm. It was it was just the breasts that were exposed, you know. I mean, I'm sure it's all different now, but in those days, it was, it was, it was pretty well done, and you made sure you, everybody looked lovely. So I regret it now that I didn't, but no, I had a very jealous Italian boyfriend right. <laughs> who, well. who probably yeah. would have, you know, God knows what he would have yeah. done to me if I'd done that. It's interesting you say that, Carol, because I've talked to a lot of actresses these days who uh, worry about the youngsters coming through because they're kind of forced to take their kit off in every film, every yeah. TV series. How do you feel about that now? Do you feel there's more pressure on the young Well, people? I don't think anyone should be forced. Uh, I did have one occasion 
very, again, very... See, they don't do this. They don't force it on established actresses. The established actresses can say yes or no, mm. you know, the big stars. And a lot of them seem quite happy, the big stars, to do it. You know, but that's... They're happy to do it. They're proud of their bodies. They don't... They, but it's the young people, the youngsters, you know, new to the business, and and I think they're the ones who are sort of manipulated, probably in some way. And because they're desperate to just get yeah, or just want to get, and I'm, and that probably still happens. I don't think it happens as much as it used to, but it did happen to me in in one film, one of my early films called The Adding Machine, and uh, there's a scene in the graveyard, and I was playing a hooker, an American hooker, and I was clothed in I had several scenes in it various different places and there's one in a graveyard where I start to undress and I it's the film takes place in the 30s or 30s 40s I think I don't think that but anyway I know I had a long skirt with the matching uh, jacket on and I start to undress so I take off the jacket so in a couple of scenes I'm wearing just a bra and that was fine we did it and then the director asked me to take off my bra which I was not you know contract to do there was no word of this I said well I'd rather not you know and he said uh, I remember him saying uh, well you know if you don't want to do it I can always find someone who yeah. will but uh, I didn't mm. I didn't I mean yeah I said well I'm sorry but my agent has not told me that you know yeah. do this so I didn't did you ever have a casting couch moment? Yes, I've had casting couch moments. I've been chased around on two or three occasions that I can think around. of. But mm. there again, I don't think that happens now because they can't afford to now. You know, too much money goes into films now. You know, I mean, the investment is too big. They can't afford to get some actress in who's just pretty and can't mm. act. You know, it's they can't. So I don't think that goes. What was your worst that. casting? Oh, I well. They were all laughable. <laughs> they were okay. so all. I, I just on. laughed. I just yeah. laughed each time. One of them, I knew the person. He's a, an actor who's still around. He was the star in this film, but he was also going to be co-directing, I think. Mm. And, um, but I knew him, and uh, it all started off fine. And they all took place in a flat. Mm. I think so. <laughs> it was his flat. And the next thing I know, yes, he's he's making an advance to me. And I said, "What are you doing?" You know. Mm. And and next thing you know, he's literally chasing me around his sofa, literally chasing me around the sofa. And I just laughed. I said, stop being you know, silly. I said, look, I don't need the part that, that much. But I got, I got the part. It was just a little tiny roll, a little bit. But the other one, it, it was, oh God, was, what was the name of the film? It was with Julie Andrews. It was James Garner who introduced me. I had a little flirtation with James Garner. Flirtation or a fling? Just a flirtation, okay. while he was here filming. Mm -hmm. And he asked me if I'd like to be in the film. I said, well, he said, well, there's a, there's a role coming up. It's a night shoot. He said, do you drive at all? Which I did. And he said, well, this is as a driver. It was a driver for Julie Andrews, a sort of wartime driver. Mm -hmm. And with just a few lines with, with her night shoot. So, yes. So I, I did that. But he said, well, arrange for me to come and meet the director in the Mayfair Hotel. Uh, where the director was staying. So I met James downstairs and we were going to have lunch afterwards. So he took me upstairs, introduced me to the director and then went back down you know, and said he'd wait for me down and we'd have lunch. And it started fine, just you know, chat, chat. And then he, um, at one stage, uh, and he had a big window, I mean, a big sort of window like this open out. And there was a bed 
and he asked me to come. I said, "Can I take a look at you in the light? You know, would you come close to the window?" So, so I go over the window. So, 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 like he's standing. Imagine there's is the bed. So he's standing facing me. I'm, I'm standing this way while he's saying yes. And just let me look at you. Turn left. Turn right. You see? So he's right in front of me. And the next thing I know, he sort of just lunged at me, literally. And he was only about this high. L literally just lunged and pushed. You know. So I'm back on the bed, he's on top, and he's sort of, and I'm thinking, what's happening? I don't believe this is happening. This only happens in the movies. It's really happening. It was really happening to me. And he, and he was, and I just started laughing. And, and of course he went, ooh, ooh, uh, <clears throat> and I'm just laughing. And he got up and said, oh, I'm terribly sorry, terribly sorry. I don't know what And I said, that's all right, it's too bad. Yes. Well, indeed, you see, in yeah. those days, say, it, it, you know, there would have been mm. someone else who might have. Yeah. But I didn't. I came downstairs, and I, of course, I was laughing, and I told him what had just happened. Yeah. I said, I don't suppose I'll get the part. And he said, oh, yes, you will. And you did? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, James, of course, yeah, wanted yeah, me to right. have it. Yeah, yeah. Because some of the Python humour was, was of its time, you know, in the 70s it was rather un-PC. Because they were all like six guys together, was there ever any sort of slapping of your bottom and things like that from them? Did they ever sort of mistreat you slightly or were they always very respectful? Oh, always very respectful. Were they? Yes. Oh, oh yes. Do you think oh, that's because yeah. they're very bright guys from Cambridge and all that sort of stuff? Well, I don't think they're very bright, they're just nice guys. And, and I mean, John was married to Connie. Michael, who I'm sure has never, never been unfaithful in his life, I'm quite sure, to Helen, who was his childhood sweetheart. They've mm. been together, you know, their whole lives, practically. Uh, Terry Jones is married to Alison, and Eric was married. They were all married, except Graham. So, you he know, was gay, they, yeah. and he was gay. Yeah. <laughs> no, there was, there was never any nonsense. Uh, but they were all very respectful and mm. treated me, in one respect, like, like a little sister and then respect like one of the guys you know yeah. I mean we did sort of have a lot of fun when we went on the road there was the, there was the best times when we went on the road because mm. then you could sort of let your hair down and you know be silly and outrageous and whatever but uh, no there were was there any drug taking on the road I would think the Graham probably was uh, the others if they were I was never I never mm. noticed it but I doubt it somehow. Certainly I wasn't privy to it, and yeah. we did on the road certainly go to parties where there, there was, you know, there was certainly some smoking going on. I wasn't mm -hmm. aware of anything. And it's possible they might have had a, the odd yeah. puff, but I wasn't into it myself, yeah. so I, you know. What were the more outrageous things that happened when you were all together, you know, away from work? Oh, just acting silly. I mean, there was one event in a hotel where we probably all had a bit too much to drink and just being a bit silly and I was being silly, I was being particularly silly and sort of pretending to make a play for Michael because he's very, basically he's quite shy, Michael okay. so mm. he's easy to sort of, you know, <laughs> mm. tease mm. so just a bit of teasing and then we all just got into the, you know into the, into the mood of this sort of just silly flirtation stuff going on and we ended up chasing each other all around the hotel, mm. you know and, Dashing into pe into people's each other's hotel, into bedrooms, and flying out again, and mm -hmm. just being rather silly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was you and Michael. Yeah. Did you have and a and John, I remember John sort of coming. I remember. I think with Michael and I sort of chasing each other up the door. I think me chasing Michael really. Or sort of 
tempting him into my room, but you must make this is all just in good fun, yes, I'm absolutely. sure. And John sort of came rushing up after us, saying, where are you, where are you? And, and suddenly knocked on my bedroom door, saying, I know you're in there, I know you're in there. And so Michael hid in the wardrobe. <laughs> and I, yes, it was, yes, it was, it was all, you know. And I sort of leapt into my bed and sort of said, what do you want, what do you want, go away. <laughs> and he came and said, I know he's in here. I said, no, he's not, no, he's hot. It was just, it was just sort of like out of a melodrama. So everyone was mucking around, they weren't, he wasn't seriously No, it was pure them. mucking yeah. around, pure mucking around, yeah. you know. Did you have a crush on any of them at any point? Oh, I, I never had a crush on them. I, I actually got married while I was yeah. during Python, yes. during the early stage, and they all came to my wedding, which is nice. So I wouldn't have had a crush on any of them. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I thought John had maybe if I ha, maybe had I not been married and John was and Eric, John wasn't married, but you know I might have had a crush on him. But I, he was my he was one of my favourite in the early days. Mm -hmm. He's the one that I got on. I felt m most relaxed with and, and got on with quite well in the early days. Uh, but he would come around and if he was in the area, he'd pop in and visit my husband. I mm -hmm. uh, and, and then later on, I think if, you know, people are always asking me which one is my favorite. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't want to pick favorites, but I think if I was really pushed, then I would have to say the same one that's everybody's favorite. Right. Yes. Mm. Because Michael is just, what he he's never changed he's just a poppet mm -hmm. my mother my mother is a poppet and just not a nasty bone in his body i don't think and i'm not saying the others have nasty yeah. bones but yes the easiest one to get. and 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 he has always been i mean they've all been supportive but michael more more than the others more than ever will support anything i'm doing I mean, I did a film recently where I played my first dramatic role on mm -hmm. film, and it was premiered at, at the um, National Film Theatre. Yes. So we're both Terry Jones, uh, Terry Jones and yeah. Michael yeah. came to support me, which was yeah. lovely. The two Terrys and Michael have been very good about coming to support me when I'm mm -hmm. doing something on stage or film, and they'll come along. But Michael, more than anybody, I mean, Michael has always been the one that will. Well, he's always once said the loveliest things about me. He's always the most complimentary and... Uh, Takes care of you. Yes, oh. yes. Uh, but I think he'd do that with anybody, really. But, yes. I mean, Michael was the first one who came up to me when I first... We were first doing the, the first series, and there was not that much for me to do. Yes. Because bearing in mind that they'd only written five episodes, yeah, and I was in to be in four of them. And after the second, uh, maybe with the second or third episode, it was Michael who came up to me and said, Carol, you know, I'm so sorry that we don't have more mm. to offer you. Because they'd come to realize that I wasn't just a pretty face, uh, that I could be funny in my own right. I took the direction well. I was prepared to be as silly and outrageous as they wanted me to be, you know. But he said, Carol, it's just that we, we don't write very well for women, you know, which, which I think, you know, they didn't do. I mean, they were great at writing the older women, the pepper pots, which they did so beautifully themselves. But when it came to writing younger women, you know, we were just sort of young, silly things. And they couldn't sort of... So, so yes, he was the first one to come up to me and apologize. And um, I read in the Argus you told them that uh, Terry Gilliam had asked you out on a date. Yes, yes, he was, because that was probably going to be another... You know, I always asked it, any of them asked me out. And yes, Terry Gilliam did ask me out oh, that. Yes. No, said, well, that was the first series, okay. early days, when we were sort of doing... Uh, but he didn't know I had a jealous Italian boyfriend, okay. so I had to turn him down. 
I've had that jealous Italian boyfriend. Who knows? Well, you I about might be him down Mrs. Gilliam the, now. Yeah, well, yes. If you take an exception to you turning him down, he might have said, "Right, we don't want to." Oh no, he was cool about. It. I said, "Well, I said Terry. I said I, I, that would be great. I'd love to, but I do have a boyfriend, and, yeah. and he's Italian, and he's rather jealous. So I don't feel like a judge. So we never had, him. we never had a date. Yes, yes. <laughs> So no flings with any of the pythons? Well, no, you see, I mean, if had I not been married, who knows what could have happened, but, right. um, you know. So you're still very social, because you said earlier you used to love your Oh, yeah, I you? still go to, yes, I, I go out to lots of events. I get invited mm. to a lot of events, mm -hmm. in, especially in Brighton, and mm. opening of restaurants and clubs. And, mm. and who yeah. are your friends in the business, other than your python friends? Who are you close to? Uh, well, my one of, one of my oldest friends says Lynn Leplant, because yes. I was at Radu with her. Yes, indeed. So, yeah. But I don't see much of her, sadly, because she well, she lives in London, and if she's not in London, she's in the Hamptons, or she's mm. gallivanting around the world, yeah. plugging her, her next book, you so. know. So I don't see anything. I saw her last week for the yeah. first time in ages, besides the Pythons and Linda. Bruce Montague oh, is yes. a friend who lives here, here in, in Brighton. So Bruce has been... And his lovely lady of the wife been friends for a long time. Francis Matthews, oh, yes. who I haven't seen for a while. Oh, he's 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 too. not been terribly well, okay. and I haven't seen Fran for far too long. But uh, I consider him a dear friend, even though I haven't mm -hmm. seen him in ages. Well, I saw Ian McShane on TV this morning. Uh, yes, I, I was watching him too. Yeah. My a girlfriend called and said, "Your ex loved it on the telly." <laughs> How long did you uh, date him for? Well, we were just a rider together. Okay. We were, he was my first love. Student, was he really yes. your first love? Yes, my first. What was he like? Was he a real charming no. Casanova? I mean, I had boyfriends, but he was my first love. Right. You know, the, the real thing. Though he probably wouldn't say that. It's probably just, you know, you know a little fling. But, uh, but he was my first. Mm. And we don't, ladies don't forget their first, you know. No. Yes, we were the sort of, you know, we were sort of the, the darlings that rider for a while. I mean, he was devilishly good-looking at the time, you know, and and I was quite a glamour puss, so... Um, what do you think of him now? Well, he seems to have a big family, you know, women still yeah. say, oh, English, Lovejoy, yeah. but I mean, I, have you seen him on Deadwood? Actually, I haven't, but... Oh, you know. my God, well, you know, he plays this vile, oh, does he? vile character, right. I mean, he's so good at villains, I mean, he's the perfect villain now, but, uh, oh, my God, this, I mean, you couldn't have a more gross vile character that he plays in that and I remember watching and thinking oh my god this is my first love for me. oh my god it's disgusting you um, still looks quite well uh, yes but he's a, he's a rugged I yes. mean he's in a very rugged way now mm. I guess I preferred him the way he was then you know but I can see yes I was obviously mm. still a very attractive man but I know mm. but he was cuter then you know it was cuter. did you date any other celebrities down the years uh, did I date any other? I mean, I went out with a number of people, but only probably a date or two. Nothing yeah. that ever came of it. Anthony Newley. Oh, right, yeah. And Joan Collins is. Yeah. Well, yeah. well it, was, it was time when they were together, and he, but yeah. she was, you know, uh, she was in America, I think, and he was here. But it was only one, okay. you know, one day, one day, so. And he had talked about Joan. Anthony? Yeah. I think it's just I was about with friends and yeah. you know, fixed me up with him. Yeah. Years ago, I went to Memphis to Elvis Presley's mansion, Graceland, yeah. and they had Monty Python on a loop on his telly because he was obsessed with He Monty was a Python. great fan. Yeah. He was a great fan. When did you hear about Apparently, that? he had a television in every room, and, yeah. and when, when it was on, 
everybody in the house, everyone in the mansion would have to sit down and watch it. He was a great fan. And I wish I'd met him, but I didn't. I only discovered he was a great fan after he'd gone. I mean, I, I wish I'd known that. Because that when might... the Pythons found out, only after he died? I don't know. Died. I don't know. They might have known before that. But I only found out afterwards and thought, oh, gosh, if I know if he was a fan, I would have, I would have written to him or yeah. telephoned him. <laughs> and, you know, made an effort, get in yeah. touch, and even just to have a chat with him would have been lovely. Yeah. Because I was a great fan of his. Oh, goodness, I was a great fan of yeah. his, yes. Yeah, so it had been lovely. I would have made a, a trip, yeah. you know, a trip to Memphis just to always say hello to him. Have you felt a little bit overlooked over the years that, you know, you've done so much for the Pythons and you were in all the movies, you've been in 30 out of the 45 episodes of the TV series. Yeah. Have you felt that perhaps there should have been more about you down the years? I know they did as best they could, because as I say, they, you know, as they said, they just didn't write that well for younger women, you know, and, um, but, the, but as time went on, I mean, they did appreciate me very much, and they gave me, whenever they could, they'd, they'd fit me in somewhere. I mean, there are occasions when I've, you know, dressed up as a man, you know, when they realized they needed an extra chap, so they put a moustache on me, and, you know, I was So wherever they could, you know, they would, they would use me. I mean, the only thing I suppose I regret, a lot of people have asked me, did I ever contribute to the writing? And I, I mean, looking back on it now, I, I'm pretty sure if I had any, made any suggestions, they would have certainly taken them on board. But I was, I was a bit in awe of them all, certainly, yeah. you know, in the early days. Nice. You know, I mean, I was just a, you know, American high school girl, and here they mm -hmm. were, all these clever university chaps. But, and I was in awe. But I, th I think I regret that. When I saw the one with Pamela Stevenson, not the nine o'clock news, not news. Mm -hmm. and you know I was watching some of that recently. There was a, they were showing some of it on the box mm -hmm. months ago. Yeah. Oh yeah, this must mm -hmm. and and I thought, gosh, she really came into her own there. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, she was very much part. She wasn't just a glamour stooge. So I found myself thinking, God, yes, I wish I'd been more. I wish I'd done more as much as she did in it. Mm -hmm. I wish there had been, I'd been able to have more of my own characters. You know, and, uh, so yes, I, 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 I don't regret, well, obviously, how can I possibly regret? Uh, mm -hmm. I enjoyed every moment. So at the time, I was quite happy with mm -hmm. what I was doing. Looking back now, I would say I wish I'd had more to do like Pamela Stevenson. Okay. She probably says the reverse, though. She probably <laughs> says, because the Pythons are so revered, <laughs> and you have such a fantastic... Yeah. But now, which sketches do most people remember you from? Marriage Guidance Counselor. Yes. That's Scott of the Sahara. Just trying to think when I meet fans. Lumberjack, yes. Though I didn't always... Uh, uh, the Milkman sketch. Yeah. <laughs> which is one of my favourites. See, th some of my favourite sketches, not ones that people say, I loved Tiller the Hun, I enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. Oh, they always seem to remember me as the secretary with my naughty line in, in the travel agent sketch. Mm -hmm. This is where Eric Idle comes into a travel agent. Michael is behind the desk, and I'm just on the desk when you come in. You know. Eric comes up to me, and I look at, and I'm doing my nails, and, just, and I look at them and say, Oh, good morning. Would you like to come upstairs? <laughs> and he says, Pardon? And I say, Oh, sorry, you've come to you come to a book holiday, haven't you? Oh, sorry, sorry, forget about all that. And then, of course, when we did it at the Hollywood Bowl, and we had everybody, 8,000 people, whatever it was, saying the lines mm. before we opened our mouths, which was 
incredible. And they're all expecting, when they, as soon as they saw the yeah. set, they think, ah, she's going to say something. So, so we used to do a lot of fun things for that show, which we will no doubt do for this yes. one. Because they'll be there. They, they think mm. they'll know all the lines. So there'll be some improvising that's bound to be, just to fool them, as we did on the other shows. One of the most memorable occasions where you've been recognised by a member of the public, maybe on holiday in Australia or something yes, on the beach, and someone has said to you, I can't think of a most memorable. I mean, it still does happen, which is nice. Yeah. Well, especially right now because of just being in all, all yes. the papers. So it's, you know, because um, I never expect, I mean, the la over the last years, I mean, when I was first, when I was doing it, yes. So, mm. But um, I'm always delighted uh, all these years on if yes. I'm walking along the seafront and or sitting in a restaurant and people, mm. people come up and say, could I have your autograph? So uh, it's always nice. It's always nice when that happens, yeah. Have you had any worrying fans down here? Any stalkers? Uh, yes. Yeah, there was one. There was one. He's gone now, I hope. Well, he's still out there, I think. Um, well, he would have been a stalker, I think, if he'd lived in this country. He lived mm. in America, thank God. Someone I just was nice to, you know, mm. when fans come to see you in a show and you're nice. And they just got out of... and he. He decided he was part of my family, you know, he wanted to be a part of the family, he said, mm, fell in love with me, and he was, he could have been, he was a stalker, but from a distance, oh, okay. um, and it took a while, it took a while to, um, to get rid of him, basically, mm -hmm. because I had to threaten him with, you know, the police on her if he, yeah, if he yeah. didn't, and I, I mean, I tried to be nice, you know, but nice wasn't working. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yes, I haven't heard from him for quite a while, thank heavens. May I just ask you about your favourite moments with, with Graham, for instance? What's your favourite memory of him? How would you sum him up in, in a sentence or two? In a sentence or two? Charming, outrageous, <laughs> unpredictable, often drunk, crazy, lovable, dearly missed. Mm. What was your favourite moment with him? When we were on tour, around doing the Canadian tour mm. with the show, and we were all staying in this hotel, and we'd been out one night having a meal, and came back, and it was quite late. We came back to the hotel, and there was nobody about. It was quite late. And somebody suggested we should have a swim in the indoor pool. I said, yes, right. So we all went off to get our swimming costumes from our rooms, except for Graham, who says, oh, no, I'm, I'm just... went to the pool, stripped off. So he was in there, Starker, so when we came back, we had a swim. And we now get out of the pool, and we brought towels down with us, but, you know, Graham gets out, he's, he's, he's dripping wet, there's no towel, and he streaked, okay. dripping wet naked through the hotel, mm -hmm. along the corridors, you know, mm -hmm. up to the, unfortunately, there was no one around, there was mm -hmm. no one around at all, so we're running after him, saying, Graham, we're running after him, and Jesse got to the, to the foyer, the doors opened, and this elderly couple came in, they were coming, I remember it was a revolving door, and they sort of came through just as this naked, wet man <laughs> came to them and then turned left and disappeared up the stairs. And I remember them just standing there, stopped stunned. dead, stunned, yeah. and then just looked at each other and just shook their heads. So it was as if they weren't quite sure if it was really happening or not. I thought it might have been a mirage. <laughs> but he was always doing crazy things like that. Yeah. When he died, did you all, was it like losing a member of the family? Well, yes. I mean, and certainly for the Pythons. I think the most difficult for, for John, because they, they were exceptionally close, you know. 
And I, mean, I think John took it the hardest mm. of anyone. I mean, John was with him, I think. I think Michael, I'm not sure who was actually with him mm. when he died. I, uh, I got a call from his partner, David, you know, to say that he was, he was going, he was fading. So I said, well, please, you know, give him my love, kiss him, say goodbye to mm. me. And, but John was there, I know, and was taking it very, you know. Because we had to cancel, we were, we, it was a big uh, party, we were having a big, uh, was it, what was it, tenth year, ten years? Mm. We were having our first big reunion, mm. or sort of celebration, ten year anniversary. And it was already, it was, and, you know, and he died on the day before, so. It was postponed, we mm. had it, I think a week or two later. It John's wasn't had some rough few years recently as well, and have you, are you in touch with, you, with them all the time? Uh, no, no, I mean, I don't think even the guys are all, I think Michael and Terry Jones, you know, probably speak to each other more than any, I mean, John, of course, and Eric had been in California for years, so mm. I hadn't seen them for long, only when we mm. did the show here. I mean, last time I saw John, before now, was, was the opening of Spamalot in New York, mm. yeah. so, you know, that's a while back for the 40th anniversary of mm. But no, so I hadn't. I mean, I've sent Christmas cards, you know, occasionally might get one back. But the two Terry's and Michael, you know, three, mm. which, as I say, they're always very supportive if I'm doing something. Mm. So I might occasionally see them. I occasionally, go, you know, go, have been invited to Terry Jones' house, and, you know, which is nice. How have things panned out for them, as you would have expected, you think, down the years? Gosh, I know you have to ask them that. I think it panned out pretty well, haven't they? Yes, I, I agree with you. <laughs> I mean, they're all, they're yeah. all being, you know, successful in their yeah. own right. Mm. I mean, Michael's certainly done very well. I mean, Gilliam, Terry, they're all done very well for themselves, I think. Mm. Can you sum each one up in a sentence or two then? Like, like John, for instance, how would you...? John, a, a, a comic genius, yeah. unique and very tall. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and a joy to work with. Mm -hmm. it's, um, see, he did go through his funny stage. So okay. That's all I could say. Yes, <laughs> Were you ever asked to be in Faulty Towers at all? No, but my husband was. Okay. Yeah, because my husband had been an actor, so Python was very much a, a, a family yes. thing. Yes. You know, my mother was in, <laughs> I got my mother, because my mother did uh, film extra, yeah. extra work, so I got her into a, a number of sketches. A girlfriend of mine and my husband <laughs> was involved in Python, so yes, mm. he did the episode which is about the uh, inspectors. Mm. It was one of the uh, hotel inspectors. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was one of them. Yeah. And we're coming up to the New Year and the New Year's Honours list. Do you not think that the Pythons should be knighted by them? All of them? Yes, really. I mean, As a group? Don't they? Do, do they do that? Well, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think they deserve it, though? Well, the, well, the I mean, Beatles. The Beatles got sort of... Apart from Ringo and George, yeah. Mm. Oh, George Harrison you would have met, wouldn't you? Yes. Any nice stories about George Harrison? Oh, George Harrison's lovely, yes. He always seemed that. Lovely guy. I'd have to stop and think when I first actually met him. Mm. So he'd done Holy Grail, uh, which he was involved in, as you know. Then there was a gap, I hadn't seen him for, for a while. And there was another, I think it was an Amnesty International thing was going on, and it was a big party, and, and George was there. He had previously met my mother, but years before. And he immediately came up, and he was just lovely and said, oh, Carol, how are you? And yeah. how's what's going? And how's your mother? How's your lovely mum? Mm. 
because my mum's quite a character. And I thought, well, how lovely. He's, he's mm. remembered my mother, mm. you know, which is really nice. But you were a Beatles fan, weren't you? Oh, yeah. So yes, to have a Beatle yes. be so personal yeah, with you must have but been. I mean, he was just charming and, mm. and in no way a starry, you know, mm. no way starry and just a joy, joy to work with as indeed his son. Mm. I mean, when we did the Harrison, George Harrison Tribute concert, I mean, his son, again, so much like his dad. A oh, yeah. I mean, just sweet yeah. and nice and just a yeah. uh, spitting image of his yeah. wife. That's right, really Yeah. So, yes, yes, met George, and oh, I met quite a lot of people, a lot of people mm. I worked with. I worked with Shirley MacLaine, I nearly worked with Shirley Winters, um, Peter yeah. Sellers I've worked with, mm. Sophie Loren, I've been directed by Charlie Chaplin, right, Council of Hong Kong. Going back to point, let's talk about the knighthoods thing. Though. Do you think it would be good if they were knighted, or at least one or two? I think if they're going to be knighted, they have to be all of them. I think okay. it would be awfully difficult to knight just one or two and not the others. They might mm. they might have a fight. <laughs> <laughs> Terry Jones might throw a chair, as he's been known to do in the past, I believe. <laughs> but it would, you, you think they deserve to be recognised more? Yes, I think they do, as a, as yeah. a comedy. I mean, it is one of the classic all-time... British comedies of time, you know, and yes, it certainly has an enormous following all around the world, particularly in America. And yes, I think it would be great if they were recognised, but I say not just one or two, but it would have to be the remaining Pythons, yeah. Do you feel you've been given the credit you deserve? Well, I'm, I'm obviously am because I wouldn't be with them at the O2 Arena. Yeah, by them, you know. Yeah. But I mean by the public and by the critics. But by the public, yeah. I, I'm mm. not complaining. Yeah, mm. I think mm. I do. Uh, I think I'll know just how much so uh, when see what the book sales are. When your book comes out. Yeah, sure <laughs> that'll tell me. What are you calling the book? I'm calling it Pom Poms Up. Okay, like your show. Yeah. You? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And today's comedy. What do you think of that? What do you find funny today? What oh, you know, people always ask, and I and I. I'm afraid all the people who used to make me really laugh are gone. I mean, Tommy Cooper, who I missed his bit last night in Boxworth. I mean, that sort of zany humour. I, Danny Kaye, you know, yeah, right. all those American yeah. and and uh, Donald O'Connor. Oh, Donald O'Connor, yeah, yeah. Uh, that sort of humour. Danny Kaye's in love, yeah. and oh, and of course, Morgan and Wise. Yeah. So those are the people who used to make me laugh. Right. There really aren't that many now who do it for yeah. me. I like French and Saunders. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love Joan Rivers. I love her. I mean, you know, love her to death. So, I mean, makes me laugh. She makes me laugh. Mm. But there isn't anybody who right now, they, oh, right, must mm. must watch him. I've never been into stand-up comics mm. very much, so there's nobody on the stand-up scene who makes me laugh. And I don't like lavatory humour, and mm. I think there's far too much of it. Mm. It just turns me right off. I used to love... Billy Connolly. Okay. Uh, I mean, he used to, when he first came out, that used to make me laugh such a lot. But then, you know, suddenly, you know, F words, you can hear them there and there, and it puts me right off, I'm yeah, afraid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Don't find, don't think it's necessary. So, yeah, all my favourites are no longer with us. Mm. Except for the Pythons. Yes, indeed. I mean, the Barkers, Wendy Barker, Wanda yeah. Corbett, who I work with, you know, yeah. I mean, that, that sort of humour. Right, classic stuff. Yeah, the classic, yeah. Are you still quite ambitious? You still want to do lots of work all the time? Or you... Well, yeah, I count myself extremely lucky that I'm still in the business. Mm. I really hadn't anticipated. I mean, when I was younger, I did see myself getting married eventually <coughs> and having children, and probably then my career would take a second. Mm. And because I d didn't you know, have children and family, it's I still continue with my career, but I hadn't planned on still being mm. in the business now. But I'm delighted that I am. And in fact, just in the last 18 months, it, my career has suddenly taken a wonderful research. Mm. 
because 18 months ago I really wasn't doing very much. I have a couple of my solo shows that I was doing and the odd television commercial, but I hadn't done a film or a telly or a decent play for quite some time. And I really thought that's it, you know, that's it. You know, as far as doing anything really important, that's it. And then, as I say, eight months ago, it all suddenly took off with, I did an American made-for-TV film, a typical rom-com, mm -hmm. playing a, a, a New Jersey gossip. Mm -hmm. So it was my first character mm -hmm. role, playing my own age character mm -hmm. role. Because, uh, I mean, as much as, obviously, the Pythons have been, you know, a wonderful thing, and I doubt very much I'd, I'd still be in the business if it weren't for them. I mean, I just, you know, eternally grateful. But in another respect, it has been a bit of a ball and chain, mm -hmm. simply because I'm known for that. Mm -hmm. So all the casting people used to cast me in the old days in film and television. They're long since gone. Mm -hmm. So there's all these new, young casting people. I don't know them. They don't know me. Except for when my agent would put me up for something and they say, well, yes, Carol Payton, Monty Python, they boom. So they immediately get this image of this sort of glamorous 25-year-old mm. and hadn't seen all the other good work I'd done, all the theatre work I'd done, all my straight roles, you know. They didn't know that part that side of me. So it's been very, very difficult over the years. Mm. This is why it's so funny that I'm now going, when this came up, because mm. I'd actually be trying desperately for years to shake off the Python yeah. image. So 18 months ago, just when I thought I've finally done it, <laughs> I've finally done it, I have the, finally this character role playing with this lovely New Jersey tortured hair, mm. bling, over-the-top makeup, you know, goat part of it. Well, then, of course, we did the Python-related film, which I did just did the voices for the um, 3D animated mm. version of Graham's book. And then I got this other film, which I mentioned earlier, called Search for Simon, which is my first dramatic film role, and that was a direct offer. And I play Irene, the mother of the leading character, alcoholic, <coughs> depressive. Oh. I suffered from my art. He, he said, well, we'll get a makeup lady. And I said, no way, this woman doesn't go out the door. She just stays at oh. home, gets drunk, watch television. Oh. She wants my makeup. So I'm like, song makeup, hair pulled back. I, every scene I'm either crying or I'm drunk or I'm These shouting. Are great roles, aren't they? Yeah, and I saw I've just I thank this man so much. Yeah. I've just come back, you know, a couple of weeks ago from yeah. the Monaco Film Festival where yeah, we went with this with this film. And I think I've got another film because of it. Yeah. I've met a director there who's offered me a part so of the film. So much but no parts for you know, Well you so so I first had this New Jersey one and then this yeah. one and I just thought finally, mm. finally it's taken me all these years to finally get playing my age and character parts. Oh and then I got a play. I thought all I need now. Oh and I have a radio play which came out which I'm very proud of because it's my own. I have a solo show called, not War, uh, Pom Poms Up, but War Baby, yeah. which is a dramatized reading of my Harrison, baby's diary. Yeah. And I've done the show several times. It's always been very successful, and I knew it would make a wonderful radio play. And it was. It was on Resonance Radio mm -hmm. about seven months ago now. So I was very proud to have that done. So I got the radio play and, and two nice film roles. I thought, all I need now is, is a telly. And I got the telly, finally, after years. Only a nice cameo, but it was on Toast. Toast of London. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've watched any of Toast no, of London, Channel 5. Yeah. And I've just seen one episode. It was just one scene. But again, character role, looking quite grotesque, playing a Hollywood agent who's had too many facelifts. So mm -hmm. I was literally... Horrendous, frightening. I'm back on telly, which is lovely. Two, there's three films if you include the 
for the boys one. Got me to my radio play. I thought, oh, I need now is a good theatre job. Mm. I've clicked all, you know, ticks all the boxes. And so I got an American play, again playing the mother of the leading man, a comedy, which was going to the Edinburgh Festival. Mm. So I was really pleased because I, the last time at the Edinburgh Festival was six years ago when I did an American play nice character role in that but I hadn't been back to Edinburgh I'm dying to go back to the yes, festival so Corey Farmer's star it's going to play yeah. his mum mm-hmm. so I'm so excited at all the boxes I, mm-hmm. I was doing me telly done the film I thought now I'm off to Edinburgh so suddenly my career which I thought was over has suddenly it's all mm-hmm. back and I'm playing my age I'm playing character roles I've no python glam mm-hmm. now I'm playing character roles <laughs> And Corey Feldman pulled out the day before we st- rehearsals, right. the day before. Now, I still don't know why, I, only what I saw when I Googled him. Obviously, the producers couldn't tell us exactly why, but I was very disappointed because yeah. there went this wonderful chance to get to Edinburgh. Mm. But my girlfriend's friends were saying, whatever, well, mind, Carol, something else will come up to take his place. Eric and then Eric rings me. And then, of course, the joke is, you know, that here I am thinking I've finally got rid of the Python image and mm. now back on the stage at the O2, come on in the opening number, as we always did wearing a showgirl costume. Mm. And if someone has told me that at 72, I'd be on stage at the O2 arena wearing a showgirl costume. I, I wish my mother were around. My mm. biggest regret, my biggest regret is that my mum isn't around to see me on that stage. She was my biggest fan. Miss her dreadfully. How long ago did you watch um, that? It's 15 years, but it doesn't mm. feel like any more than five. Did she got to see you be a big star? Yes, oh, she did. But I mean, mm. but one of the things she said to me, you know, when she was in the last few months, I remember her saying, I wish, I wish I could be around to see how you cope with old age. Okay. And I thought, God, Mummy, I wish you could see how I'm coping with old age. <laughs>